listening to The Fret Files, the Guitar Workshop Podcast with Eric Daw. Send in your question or comment. To participate in the show, you can text or call 757-774-8482. Or to email the show, you can go to my website, ericdaw.com. That's E-R-I-C-D-A-W.com. Click the contact link and send your question or comment there. We'll use it as part of the show. Indeed, welcome to the show. It's the Fret Files Podcast, your fortnightly foray into guitar wizardry. Mm-hmm. It's oh, it's an ever-changing intro. I know you just the guitar out tech there podcast with a, without a net. Man. We just we just go out you there. You just wung it. My name is Eric Daw. I'm a longtime guitar builder and repairman, and today's co-host is my buddy Nat. Hello, Nat. Hello, hello, radio listeners. Greetings. I will read the listener's submitted questions, and Eric will try to answer them the best he can, drawing on his experience as Mm -hmm. a professional luthier. Yep. What's on your bench lately, Eric? My bench has been uh, occupied just for an afternoon Mm -hmm. with one of my personal guitars. Are you kidding me? And now You finally made, you elbowed a little space? I always feel really guilty about working on my own gear, because... There's people waiting to have their stuff I know. get done. They pay better than you do, maybe. They sure do. But I've got this K Thin Twin Jimmy Reed thing mm-hmm. that I bought in parts off of like four or five different eBay auctions. It was a basket case. And literally. And mm-hmm. so I've been amalgamating it into a cohesive git fiddle over, mm-hmm. the, over the last several months. And I finally, kind of like a heroic effort, Tried to yeah. get it all wrapped up in one afternoon, and it yeah, it still needs <laughs> it still needs more work. But well, I felt really bad about working on it there. Uh, what was that Friday afternoon? Yeah, you were stealing away. But my girlfriend, my wonderful girlfriend, sweetheart Lauren. Oh my god, she's awesome. She told me, Eric, don't feel guilty. Your guitars should be a priority. Oh, wow. Oh, I like prioritizing. Get yourself a girl like that. Wow. Yeah. So Mm. I I told her, well, I'll remember you said that. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get a sticky note. Can you initial this, please? Well, and you also worked on your T-style guitar two, three weeks ago. Oh, about a month ago. Yeah. And remember how it, it really did sound different. It did. It played better. It sounded better. Like played different things? Well, I had been struggling, and I didn't even, it was almost in the back of my mind. I'd been struggling with, there's a certain couple parts of the fretboard where it would fret out if I tried to bend to... No man's land, can't go there. And so I was playing around trouble spots on the fingerboard, you know, playing four-hour gigs like that. Yeah. Just thinking, ah, I'll get to it someday. Well, I finally got to it, and man, that was the best night on stage i've had for years and it, it, it i was surprised how different it sounded yeah it really did sound like clearer like this kind of piano to get kind your, of get your guitar set up 
Yeah. Well, it'll, I had it done once, and it'll it was make great. a difference. Yeah, For right. Real. I'm, it'll I'm a make believer. A difference. That was great. Well, I'm glad you got those fixed up, and you had to redo the pickups almost entirely or what did you get for those thin twin very unique pickups did you yeah have to buy your own or fabricate your own magnets no i found two separate auctions for dead k thin Mm -hmm. twin pickups that so they both they had to be rewound but frankenstein them yeah they're out of two different guitars from two different parts of the country you know wow and but i found two uh, K thin twin dead pickups that I resurrected and put them in that guitar, and they sound good. Did you think that sounded good I, the other night? I was surprised how kind of clear and bright it was, and I think it sounded better than your previous thin twin. It's a lot. That? Yeah, I do. The thin twin pickup is a lot like a Charlie Christian. It's like a oh, it's yeah. a P ninety bobbin with a big blade basically coming up okay and then that little chrome lipstick cover looking thing is just a cover that sits over the blade mm-hmm. yeah and is there actually stuff can you because that's a there are no f holes or anything on that guitar right? no how do you, so how do you get to that oh well they're pit card mounted oh are they yeah it's got that big it's pretty big oh piece of real estate that pit guard okay and it looks like a pizza it's like the old tortoise that looks yeah, like a cheese uh, or pizza. like a i don't know formica countertop <laughs> yeah, that's not even that nice elbowed a lot at yeah. the howard johnson's yeah yeah it's pretty greasy look but uh that guitar sounds good i just I need surprised. to yeah i need to dial in the fretwork and the playability of it before i take it out again you always do. It's not ready for the road yet. I'm a believer in that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, that's fun. The other thing on my bench lately, I'm always thinking of you, dear listener. Oh, man. I'm always thinking wow. of... Wow. You're making well, accommodations for Nuggets people. of wisdom to drop upon you. Wow. This is for those of you who are actually in the industry. Now, I don't know... Uh. If we were to poll our listener base, I don't know how many of our listeners are just players that like to tinker or if they're actually guitar repair industry people. Yeah, you don't have a feel for it, huh? I, I don't. don't I, I would guess a lot of hobbyists. Uh-huh. That's my, my guess. But I know that a lot of luthiers listen to the show because I talk to them. Maybe they don't like to write in and... Maybe they hate listen. You ever do that? They're scoffing. Yeah, maybe they... (laughs) That's a possibility. But uh, I came up with a list of... This is top 10. This is like a David Letterman top 10 list, right? Eh, Not really. Okay. But it's the top 10 tips for the independent guitar repair shop. That was helpful. That was... Yeah, that was good. You helped him out. What are you... uh, Making these, these... Making this list and reaching out and anticipating well, their needs. They may not yeah. even know these needs. That's proactive listening or something. Well, let's save the accolades for after the list because it <laughs> okay. may not be that good well, is I'm, what I'm saying. I'm hoping. I'm trying to. No, I appreciate your enthusiasm. A little. All right. Somebody needs to have some. Yeah. Uh, but I was thinking about, you know, because I worked for a uh, a retail guitar shop where my repair shop was in the back of that right but i wasn't out on my own i worked for 
Emerald City Guitars in Seattle for 15 years. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. And now for five or six years, I've been out on my own as an independent, uh, you know, working from my home yep. kind of guy. So whether you work from your home or whether you have a little retail shop where you're repairing guitars, or even if you're working in the back of a music store repairing guitars, these are top 10 tips that may or may not apply to you that uh, I just thought of and thought might help you. Here we go. Do it. Uh, number 10. Have a good website and a good web presence and be easy to find. Oh, gosh, I'm going to, this is, I need to write some of these. I'm going to put stars next to the good ones. It's great. I can't tell you how many, I know, I know really good luthiers who are notoriously hard to find. And you look up their website and it's something from 20 years ago that hasn't been updated. Hmm. And you call the phone number and it's disconnected, you know, yeah. and I know they're still in business. Yeah. And you got to go to like some weird Reddit post from, from seven years ago to find an email for them. Be easy to find yeah. if you Be want us. Now, some guys hide on purpose. Gosh, I'd like to. Can we do that? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Is there any arrangement we can make? I, if you're hiding on purpose, this doesn't apply to you. Yeah. But if you want business, have a good website. It's easy nowadays, you know? Yeah, I, I think that's solid advice. Have a good web presence. You can have social media accounts. You can advertise on Craigslist, even whatever. But mm -hmm. be easy to find. Google business listing is free and easy. Uh, you should be able to log in to your Google business list listing and manage it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, like the, when it says hours and updated yeah. recently and stuff. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. It's free. It's not hard. Good. You got to do it. Number nine, know your limits and your boundaries and don't be afraid to turn work down. Oh, man, you need some boundaries, huh? You know, people might, I get calls all the time People want me to fix violins they or sure just, do. you know, banjos, stuff yeah. I don't want to work on. Yeah. And I've drawn a line and said, no, I won't do it. Yeah, I've seen you turn them down. And it's not because I'm, well, it's partially because you, I'm a you snob. Do, you do but, hate banjos. Uh, but you it, don't hate well, violins. I, I do. But <laughs> no, I don't hate violins. Nope. And honestly, I don't hate banjos. I, Much. Uh, but uh, I don't want to work on them. No. You know, that's the thing. So just know where you draw your lines, right? Like if if you really are uh, more of an electric guitar setup kind of guy and somebody wants you to reset their acoustic guitar neck, don't say yes until you yeah. know you can do it. I'm just saying. Half-heartedly. No, yeah. Yeah. Being no, trepidation. Yep. Know your own limits. I like that. We need constraints. Number eight, follow up with your customers. Oh, I usually, you know, if somebody buys a custom guitar from me, I'll give them a week or two and then I'll email them and say, hey, just checking in. Want to make sure that you love this guitar, right? Oh, I bet that's great. I bet they like it. I bet they love talking about it. At yeah, that point. they do. That's great. The other thing about it is, you know, sometimes you just do minor work for somebody like a truss rod adjustment or a setup or something and... I, I ran into this before. People are shy about calling to complain sometimes. Sometimes mm -hmm. some people yeah. love it, but yeah. some people are shy about contacting you if they say 
A week goes by, and their guitar starts buzzing again. They'll just take it to a different shop and say, And preserve your feelers? I had this other guy say, people, you know how people are. They're like afraid of conflict. Yeah. Or they love it. They can be. Yeah, or they (laughs) They love it. That's true. Yeah, you never know. Here's the deal. What I do, as I'm saying goodbye to the customer, I say, hey, listen, by the way, when you make adjustments on guitars, sometimes they settle. Mm -hmm. This guitar may settle. It probably won't. It probably won't, but it may settle. And if it does, if you notice, like, oh, the action creeped up a little bit or Mm -hmm. creeped down or there's a buzz here where there wasn't before, if you need a follow-up adjustment, just give me a shout because they're free. If it's within, you know, I say 90 days. Yeah. If you, you can make it 30 days, you can make it 60 days, whatever. If it's within 90 days, it's free. Yeah. So d- let people know it's okay to follow up with you. And tell them in advance. I bet they love that. Makes um, feel great. Because the only time I ever had, I think I've had two bad Google reviews in the 35 oh, years man. I've been doing this. That's like, well, the food was okay, I yeah. guess. But one and they were tiny both, little yeah, thing. They were both in Seattle, and it was both just, instead of leaving me a bad review, if they just would have called me and said, right. hey, I had a problem, and this is what it is, I would have said, come back in, let's make it right. They didn't. They didn't. I didn't even know they had a problem right. until they posted a bad review. And right? it could have been a misunderstanding that could be cleared up but instead yes goes on your permanent record man in both cases it was it was a it was a misunderstanding where one guy he had his guitar set up then he took it out of the case and tuned it to drop c Mm -hmm. like bro i set it up for standard tuning (laughs) what is a drop c you can't even do that you can't like yeah it's really messes things up i need to set it up for the tuning that you're using and he didn't understand that and rather than complain or ask he left a bad google review anyway yeah anticipate that tell people it's okay to follow up with you or you can follow up with them if it's a high dollar thing how about that good what are we on number seven yeah is that right i'm doing the numbers backwards Uh, this is i'm uh, watching with anticipation (laughs) like hey this is pretty neat embrace Embrace your specialties and advertise them. Oh, good, yeah. Yeah, what's your niche or your niche? If you have a specialty, absolutely lean on that and try to network with people. Say Mm -hmm. you, um, you know, find the right guitar forum that you can post on or (laughs) uh, the right people to connect with for your specialty. Maybe you're a banjo specialist. There's got to be a place for that. I'm sure there are. Mm Mm-hmm. Whatever your specialty is, embrace that, and, uh, you know, you'll find the right customers for that specialty. Yeah, they'll think of you first. Where are we at? Oh, six. Number six. Have a clearly posted price chart in your shop and on your website. Oh, boy. Now, I say this because people don't like surprises. And it also saves a lot of phone calls. If people can go to your website right. and they say, oh, he charges this for a refret. He charges this for a setup. He charges this for a pickup swap. That way they're not calling you 
right? Just for that. And then saying, is that worth it to me? They've get a, they got a chance. Oh, it's 800 bucks to do this. Yeah. Because yeah. I can't tell you how many times before I ever had a good clear price chart, people would just call and say, how much do you charge for a setup? That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. And they're just kicking the tires and kind of thinking about it anyway. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Good there, one. there are shops I know who don't post their prices because they don't want the competition to know what they charge. That's dumb, guys. Mm-hmm. If you're doing that, it's dumb. Don't do that. Yeah, plus they it's might silly. know anyway. <laughs> you, you, you're not worried about your competition. Your yeah. concern is your customers. Right. The, the, the competition's going to find out what you charge anyway. Right, and you're not selling gas here. Come on. It's, it's really dumb. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, I used to have, I used to get uh, my price chart printed on a little index card and put it in people's cases. Oh, as, as kind of like a little follow-up. Follow on business generator. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Good. Contact thing. Maybe we should call some of those people up one time if we get a, you know, short list of calls. Ask them about their, what does it cost to do a fret job on this 1972 (laughs) grabber? All right. Tip number five. Post before and after pics or progress pics on your website or on social media. I'm always telling you to do that. People love it. I love it. Take, I think it's amazing. Uh, take, I've I've dropped out of the habit, but I know we have. Uh, if you do like a really nice headstock repair, yeah, document that. It's priceless for people to see the before pick and the after pick, uh, and and to know that you do quality work. Oh, I think it's great. It's one of the best ways you can advertise quality mm-hmm. work. You know. Before and after pics. Or high, p- high quality, great pictures. Yeah. Boy, that speaks volumes. It I really it's does. Really neat. It's huge. Yep. Please do it more. Number four. Make good contacts in the amp and guitar world so you can have referrals. Oh, yeah. Sometimes people are going to call you with something that you don't want to fix. Know where to send them. Mm-hmm. And then, conversely, yeah. the people you're sending business to... They're going to send business to you for stuff that they don't do. Yep. There, there's always an amp tech in town to send people to. You want to make a good contact with them and be their best friend, man. Yep. Be their guitar tech. And then they're going to send, because they're doing amp work and people are going to ask them about guitar work, right? They're going to send guitar work to you if you make a good, solid connection with those people. Heck yes, and then you reciprocate. Reciprocal reciprocation. Absolutely. Number three. Oh, we're getting good here. Yeah, it's easier. Don't be afraid to explain the limits of a guitar to someone. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. I used to be real shy about telling someone, well, you know, because they would... They'd pick up a guitar and they'd go, yeah, it buzzes when I do this. Yeah. Wham, wham, yeah. wham. And they're pounding on the string. I'm going, buddy, Yeah, you don't play like that. And you're squeezing every do note you? sharp and you hitting the whammy bar. And So much of guitar playing is finesse. Yeah, sorry, and bud. you can't fix someone's lack of finesse, mm-hmm. finesse, but you can very, very politely explain it to them. Yeah. Because I've had this like problem that. a lot where people become very good at making their guitar buzz. And they can pick up any guitar and make it buzz. 
And, th- and that's something of a hobby. Yeah. That they and it <laughs> like becomes... Come home from work and pick up the like, guitar. Like scratching a rash. It becomes yeah, like a... there you go. It becomes a, an obsession. You got to tell people, look, I'll meet you halfway. Yeah. You know, or, I can make this guitar perform the best it can, but you're going to need to pluck the string in such a way that it mm-hmm. doesn't buzz. Or... Let's plug it into an amp and see. Yeah, yeah. I, I recognize that is buzzing a little bit. Let's yeah. plug it into an amp and see what it sounds like. But yeah. if if you take the, if they hand you the guitar and you play it without it buzzing, and then say, "Well, you know, different people have different techniques," and I'll I'll tell people with the technique you're showing me, the only thing I can do to accommodate that is way higher action or way heavier strings. Mm-hmm. If you if you want no buzz with this current setup, you're going to have to adjust your technique. Yeah, yeah, and maybe and make that a reasonable option instead yeah. of like something that's wrong. You know, yeah, so, yeah. So it's not that's always totally the guitar. fine. But Some, sometimes, has, yeah, sometimes it's the laws of physics. Yeah, sometimes that we're up against. It sure is. All right, number two, make good ta- contacts at guitar stores that you want to network with. Yep. This is just like other working with other techs in town or in neighboring towns even. You know, you make good contacts at good guitar stores that you want to network with. They'll send you business. You can do business for them a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a few guitar stores here in town and they'll sell a high-end guitar and they will uh, pay for a free setup with me. That's pretty good. For the customer. They'll say, hey, you buy this guitar, we'll throw in a free setup with that guy across town. That, that guy yeah. with the great before and after picks yeah. and who follows up with customers and embraces his specialties. I give um, uh, discounts to retail shops. I do work oh. at a slightly discounted rate. It's not much, but, yeah. you know, it's because I'm doing a lot higher volume of re- repairs for shops like that, right? You know, so make good contacts at guitar stores. Mm-hmm. And number one, the number one tip I've got for you. Drum roll, please. You know I'm not good at drum rolls. <laughs> Never stop learning. That's the best advice for yeah, life right there. Right? The the biggest pitfall you can you can get into is thinking that you've that you know it all and that you've learned it, everything. Yeah. Once you feel that way you have a very narrow point of view on things and your options are very limited because you think you're right. You might not be right. You might not know it all. You keep learning and you'll, you'll keep the heart of a beginner. Oh yeah. And then your, your options are almost limitless. Yep. Great one. Yeah. You, that's part of creativity is that kind of, um, exercise curiosity and a little bit of humility. That's a great one. I love learning. Oh, yeah. That was right. pretty good. That's Very just helpful. a little something I came up with for you because uh, we're short on on uh, no, actual and content. And also, you're so, empathic and helpful. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I do what I can. That was very good. Well, we've got a call. Shall we play our call? Yeah, why not? All right. I believe this is coming in on the... Uh, the wild card line. Oh. Let, let's see what we got here. All right, let her roll. 
Hi, Eric. It's Bob in Boulder County, Colorado. Mm. I just heard that you were considering making some offset guitars as part of your line of pinup guitars. What? And I'm very excited to hear this. Oh. I hope that you will include a vibrato, which is used on the Jazzmaster Jaguar and Bass 6, as I feel that that is a critical component of the sound of these guitars. Mm -hmm. I think that the length of string that goes from the bridge to the string attachment point gives a certain quote-unquote plunkiness to the sound, yeah. which is mm -hmm. critical for these guitars. I do play surf music. I do feel that this is a strong contributor to the there sound. I cringe when I see other guitars with a Stratocaster type of bridge assembly with an offset body, and they call it a surf guitar. It doesn't make sense to me. Anyways, that's my comment. I'm curious to know what you're going to do as far as scale length, if you're going to make a Jaguar or a Jazzmaster. I've heard your comments before about the Jazzmaster pickups, which I do use, and yes, they are noisy. But as you have indicated on various shows regarding the microphonic nature of Telecaster pickups, sometimes a little noise is worth the great sound that you get. Oh, he's got Thanks you. for the great podcast. I certainly have been enjoying all of your episodes. Oh, I'm glad. Yeah. yeah what Thanks, Bob. in the world? I must have mentioned that on the show, did I? I Was uh, I there? I don't remember. I don't know. I say things. Did you? I, I say things, and I don't always well, remember. I forget, too. Yeah. I don't know. How about this? What a great call. The plunkiness. I think he named it, you know? Yeah. They so, do have a plunkiness. Yeah. yeah. And you might like that. You might hate it. Yeah. Well, Me? this guy, unabashedly, he says, hey, I play this surf yeah. stuff, man. For surf, they're great. Plus, they're cool looking. Oh, they're awesome looking. Remember Certainly. that one you made one time? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. So, it's true. I'm making another. Great. I had the parts to make one, and I thought, why am I sitting on these parts? I, I should just make one. Yeah. You know? Never stop learning. I got to, and a, and a, somebody I know s said, man, you know what I really have been hoping you'd make again? So, yeah, yeah. it's true. I'm going to make an offset. Let's call it a JM style. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, standard Fender scale. Now, those are, is the Jaguar short? Is it 24 yeah. inch? It's a short, like a short scale. Like a Music Master or whatever? Yeah, Jags. Oh. Jags are short scale. How interesting. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm gonna, gonna, see, somebody's gonna write in about the things I say. Yeah, we can hardly help it. I'm going to... We can't hardly help it. ...make a JM offset with, with the vibrato, yes. How neat. Yeah. Because, why not? Gosh, I, I want one. I, I know, they're, they're fun, and it's not, here's the deal. They're cool guitars, it's just not for me. I wouldn't own one. But I'm going to try to make the very best one I can. Well, didn't you have some concerns about the hardware or the vibrato setup? There was something, or was that mostly, or was it the weird switches in the Jazzmaster? Well, they're wired funny, that's for sure. Okay. Uh, what I'm not crazy about is the the break angle yeah. between the bridge and the tailpiece. There's some plunkiness there. It, You know, strings have a tendency to jump out of the saddles, oh. and they, there's just not enough downward pressure on the saddles. Okay. Unless you've got the 
a, a good steep neck angle. I don't know. I like I say, <clears throat> they're 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 unique, very unique in that regard. But for some people, like Bob here, he loves that mm-hmm. that factor because it he says it gives them a plunkiness that he likes. I bet he would really like a very very well done neck on a JM style guitar. Oh you yeah, know, someone that, like really set it up well. Yeah, that sounds fun. That's yeah. great. So it's true, Bob. I am making one. It's in the paint booth right now, actually. Yep. Yeah. It's in primer. Oh, boy. I haven't decided on the color. I know. The mind reels. Yeah. You could hardly go wrong, but uh-huh. if you could only choose one color. Yeah. Gosh, I don't know. Your last one was black, as I remember. I think so. I think you're right. Black with tortoise or something. Yeah. I'm... Th- I'm it, I hate it was to even, awesome. Looking. I hate to even say, but I'm thinking about Sherwood Green. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Somebody's got to do it. All right, we're going to take a break. After these messages, we'll be right back. This episode of the Fret Files podcast is brought to you by Apex Coffee Roasters. Imagine always having fresh roasted coffee in your home. Now, imagine you didn't even have to leave the house for it. A subscription with Apex Coffee Roasters makes all of this possible. You choose the plan that best suits your needs, and they handle the rest. Their roaster will select a coffee option just for you and send it your way. Discounts are applied if you get a six-month or a year-long subscription. And shipping included if you're in the USA. Great coffee every morning. Just cut a little bit easier. That's apexcoffeeroasters.com. And if you go there and use my promo code, you get an additional 10% off. That's pinup, P-I-N-U-P. That's at apexcoffeeroasters.com. You know, playersgearmusic.com is the go-to place for neck heating irons or neck presses. We've been telling you about that for a long time, but you should really check out his effects pedals. Go to playersgearmusic.com. Rick over there makes custom guitar pedals, and he makes all kinds. They're so unique. Check them out. Uh, Distortion pedals, boosts, fuzz pedals, and sometimes they're in really unique um, containers. Sometimes they're uh, painted wild. you got to check it out. Playersgearmusic.com. While you're there, look up the neck heating irons that he sells. It's the only place on earth that I'm aware of you can still buy one, and it's essential. It's essential in my shop. I use mine all the time. Playersgearmusic.com. Check it out. Letters. We get letters. We get stacks and stacks of letters. Hi, Eric Nat. Hi. Do you offer pre-wired five-way super switches that I can order from you and drop into my telly easily on my end? Mm. Also, what is your recommended pickup height measurement for your underwound pickups on a T-style? Thank you, Nate. Thanks, Nate. Mm, cool questions. Uh, I I will pre-wire a switch and send it to you. Um Will it drop in easily on your end? That's going to be a little more up to you than it is to me. Uh, there's a couple factors that make that a little complicated. The five-way super switch for telly. First of all, I, I do two different versions of it. If you have my book, you'll see that there's two different versions. There's my version, and then there's the Deaf Eddie version. Oh, yeah. And they they differ a little bit. So, um, But there's a couple factors. One is... How's your soldering chops? Right? Because mm-hmm. that's 
that's a big factor. The other factor is you have to do a ground lift on the neck pickup so that the cover is hardwired to the negative, the black wire. Pole or whatever, yeah. You've got to clip that little jumper off and add a third wire that is just only soldered to the cover. So you've got a wire coming off the start of the coil, a wire coming off the end of the coil, and then a wire hardwired to the cover only. And it terminates on that switch? Yeah, it will huh. It will be wired to ground. Because oh. what happens in that um, configuration is there's uh, series wiring and phase uh yeah you know different mm-hmm. phase shifting and stuff and you'll end up with um that grounded cover if you don't do it right that grounded cover will just short out some of oh, wow. the settings because it the uh wires will be reversed yeah. hot hot and negative Ooh. so you have to do a ground lift so oh, interesting if you're willing to do a ground lift on your neck pickup and if your soldering chops are good and um, you should probably have a copy of my book too, so you know how to install it when you get it. You might as well. Yep, it's only twenty-two bucks, guys. Yep. Come on. Hey, if you've been here's the deal. If you've been holding off on getting my book, yep. Now Halloween's coming around. Now's the time. Oh, what better thing to drop into those Halloween bags yeah, for the that's kids? About. <laughs> yes, that's true. Order my book. But yes, Nate, I would do that. What was his other question? Yeah, uh, uh, what is your recommended pickup height mm-hmm. measurement for your underwound pickups on a T-style? I think that's a great question. People ask me this kind of thing, and they expect me to give them a measurement. Yeah, obviously you you got a magic spacer. I you don't got a spark plug gauge in there. I don't measure. Oh dang it! Here's how I do it. Now, I know if you look up, like, the Fender specs or the Gibson specs, they'll tell you, this is how far your pickup should be from the strings. I don't do it that way. Mm-mm. I raise them up until what will happen is the magnet will actually interfere with the way the string is vibrating. And you'll hear it. It will create weird overtones mm-hmm. and out-of-tune dissonance. It'll mess mess with it. I'll play the low E string way up high on the neck, like above the 12th fret, so that it's close to the right pickup. close to you know? the pickup, yep. Raise the pickup until it starts to sound weird, and then I back it off until that sound goes away. That way I know I'm as close as I can possibly get without the magnet interfering with the way the string's vibrating, and that's what I want. I like my pickups close. That so that's great. how I do it. Yep, that's the way it should be done. I like it. Thank you, Nate. Hello, Fret Files Podcast. Listening back to old episodes, I was inspired to buy a vintage Dan Electro. Ah, I must have been talking about him at some point. Imagine that. I know, you're skewing prices. I was a little surprised to find that it has no adjustable truss rod. Hmm. Are they all like this, or did I get a lower quality model? Lower, like a junior version of Dan Electro. It's a short scale single pickup job, like the guitar that comes with the amp in case model. Thanks, Gary in Austin, Texas. Gary, you got a good one. Heck yeah, you did. That's how those are. Vintage Dan Electros don't have adjustable truss rods, and I've, I'm sure I've mentioned this on the show before. Uh, maybe not on the episode you listened to. I don't know, but they. No, they're not adjustable. They don't have adjustable truss rods like Gibsons or Fenders. Mm-hmm. They have two um, 
I think they're aluminum beams that are running uh, down the neck. And the, it's very rare to find a warped Dan Electro neck. Very oh, really? rare. Oh, man, they're straight. Huh. The only ones that really warp is the real long scale guitar lin. Oh, uh, the Link Ray model thing, the yeah, short, with the double horn guitar lin, eighty five frets up the yeah. thing, or yeah. a bass. Yeah, but the standard six string guitar models, man, those necks are solid. I didn't know they, that. They hardly, they almost, ne- you almost never see one that's warped. How neat! Yeah, they're good. So good job, Gary. It's good. Don't worry about it. Yep, you did a great thing. Always buy guitars that you're inspired to. Eric, I'm restoring a 59 Gibson Les Paul Special. It has been refinished, but it has lost its its stamped serial number on the back of the headstock and the name script on the front of the headstock. Okay. Oh, boy. I found the shadow of the original serial number and have a stamp to put it back on the rear of the headstock. Okay, so you'll stamp the numbers. That's good. Yeah. The guitar is is blonde in color, but not clear-coated yet. Hmm. Hmm. Does the serial number go on before the clear coat, then clear coat? Also, I'm looking for Les Paul Special Frisket Stencil. Is that a thing? Yeah. Wow. We're learning. Never stop learning. To spray the gold name on the front of the headstock. Do you know where I can find the special frisket? I found a Les Paul Jr. frisket, but I can't find the special one. Also, was the headstock script painted before clear coat or after as well? Lo-fi in Richmond, Canada. Hmm. Don't know where that is. Howdy. Howdy up there in Canada. Yeah. Uh, This came in on Instagram as a question to me. Uh, Not necessarily addressed to the podcast, but... Yeah, I'm let's, using let's it, use it as part of the show because I reserve that right. And you should. Uh-huh. What was his question? He's got, <laughs> he's got three specific. Oh, so the serial it, number. So, and is it before or after yeah. the clear coat? Uh, when you stamp the number, I would stamp it before painting it. Yeah. Yeah, because if you stamp it after, you know, lacquer is, it can be pretty brittle. It won't look right, and it might actually... Um, like crack the lacquer as you as you stamp it. Uh, no, it won't look right. It you look you need right. to you need to stamp the numbers in before it gets painted. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's absolutely a fact. What uh, about the frisket? Frisket, you can use a frisk, and I've seen I've seen this done before. Like Dan Earlywine has a video on YouTube where he's using a frisket, which What's is a frisket. It's a stencil. stencil. It's a stencil. That's adhesive, like a vinyl. Oh, so it gets right, right so on you, there so you can actually so you, spray. You put it on, then huh. you spray, and then you peel away the stencil, frisket, vinyl material, and it only leaves the decal that you sprayed. Whoa. That, that can look good, and it can be done. I don't know where you can get them. My understanding is that that's not really the right way to do it. If you really want it to look right, it should be silk screened. I'm pretty sure mm. that those logos on a Gibson headstock weren't done using a frisket or a stencil. They yeah. were done, they were silk screened. Yeah. And so if you really want it to look right, 
have it silk screened. You can make a silk screen for it, or you can take it to a silk screen place. But if you want to do a frisket, I'm sure you can do it and make it look okay. Uh, but if you really want it to look really, really right, the really right way to do it is with a silk screen. Huh. And that was underneath clear coat, wasn't it? It's That's his other question. It's probably, you know, when you look at them, they look like they're sitting on top of the clear coat. They might, yeah. Huh. And yeah. maybe that gives it a little depth or something, yeah. some 3D. Now, I could be wrong about all the. I'm not a Gibson specialist. I don't. I almost never restore Gibson guitars. I stick with Fenders. So if anybody out there is listening to that and disagrees with me heartily, please write in. Uh, yeah. I'll be corrected. I got no problem with that. But That'd these are my opinions. I really. I think silk screening is the right way to go. And you want to stamp before painting on the on the serial number mm -hmm. and then when you silk screen the logo I think it all sits on top of the paint good one yeah I like those arcane kind of deep knowledge ones I like them <laughs> good one let's try this hi Eric I have a friend who has a 1957 Strat it is a beautiful guitar oh I bet oh I wonder what color it is I know it's probably sunburst yeah I guess so Sherwood green mm doesn't exist huh he was working on it the other day spraying out the pots and switch and had the pick guard off i was poking around on his bench gosh can you imagine and and looking at the pick guard screws he got all upset because he had them all lined up in a certain way so that he could put each screw back in the exact hole that it came out of oh of course he did i hadn't thought of that level of ocd vintage awareness is, is this excessive? Yeah. So now you're called the referee on this. Yeah. I'll every get out my screw, whistle. Yeah. Every screw is the same on a Strat pit guard, right? And then watch this. Do you do this? Thanks. Jim in Boston. Jim. Yeah, I like the. And it just takes it to that next level. Is this what you do? Admit this to us all. No. Fascinating. I don't. Those screws, so if you're taking a pit guard off of a Strat or a Tele, all those screws are the same. Or they should be if they're all original. Mm -hmm. All those screws are going to be identical, and they can all go back into any hole you want them to. <laughs> no one is going to be uh -huh. able to tell or know or ask you even if all, the, knows, if, all the, if all the screws <laughs> are in the original holes. From the factory. That's Boy, not a thing. Can you imagine the guilt if you knew aye, that aye, you aye. transposed a couple imagine of Imagine what this guy's yard looks like. No, no listen, listen, I don't want to be. So I don't I. Help out organize. I don't want to be that guy. Place. You, know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about? This yeah. is OCD. This is like, this is a next level of, of it's, it's too detail oriented. Well, it interferes with your normal life there, bud. Now, if he's, if he's having a good time. Yeah, then bet. roll with it. You bet. Right, me, I don't do that. The screws go in a pile, and then they go back in in whatever random order I pick them up in because they're all identical. Oh no! I hope there aren't some people just questioning. They're oh, identical. No. <laughs> yep, they're identical, and there's no reason to put a pickguard screw back in the same hole that it came out of. 
if if know. they're all if they're all exactly identical. Yeah, and if and that's the, the factory, case, don't ever take the anything off of this thing. Yeah, yeah, right. Don't don't spray anything <laughs> anywhere near it. Don't play it. I mean, you know, obviously we're going to keep different screws different. I might go as far as to like if I take the pit guard off and the back plate off, I will keep those screws different even though they're identical. Hmm. But then say I take the tremolo off. Now the tremolo mounting screws are way different. I'm going to keep those separate from the pit guard screws. You know, so different screws, obviously, we're keeping them separate. Yeah, where where warranted. But if you've got, say, you know, eight pit guard screws, and they're all the same, yeah. just put them back in in any random order. They don't need to go back in the hole they came out of. I don't know. One could be the lucky pit guard screw, and you want it right there in that It's spot. not going to change it's got Any that tone, special, it's been stripped out just right. It's got a speck of white out uh, on yeah, it. Or yeah, I know. Well, well, that's fun. Here's the okay. Now, now I'm thinking, as as we're talking here, sometimes I do put them back in a little bit of an order because the ones above the pickups mm-hmm. sometimes yep. will be more rusty because your hand rests there. If, yeah, if there's an obvious wear pattern or yeah. something up there. So if there's more rusty ones, I'll put them up above the pickups where your hand would rest. But See? I do, yeah. I almost I don't think about stuff like this. It's just a you know, like it's not a big deal. The screws going to go back in in any order. Yeah, you refereed that just right. I hope so. Yeah, Jeez, did, together. I, did I offend anyone? No. Nope. This show. Is this excessive? Yeah, but it's okay. Yeah, it is excessive. <laughs> of course it is. Does it make you happy? Yeah, it's a 57 strap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. What are we going to do? You put the screws in any way you want. Good question. But as for me and my home, yeah. <laughs> we're going to do it how we want. Yeah. All right, that does it for the show. Thanks for uh, your participation. You're welcome. Yeah. If you want to call in or, or email the show, you can go to my website, ericdaw.com. You click the contact link there and uh, write out your little question or comment. Fire it off. We'll use it as part of the show. The other way to do it is to call or text 757-774-8482. Number again is 757-774-8482. Thanks again. We'll talk to you soon.